0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Michael Yon, and today I interview Roman Harambura, better known as Kantakis, on his book Entrapment that he co authored with Ilona Schiltz. You'll notice in this recording that I refer to him as Roman. This is actually a recording that was made in previous years. So let's begin. Welcome, Roman. Can you please share with us the general contents of the book?
1: Okay. Thank you, Michael. If you actually open the book up, what you'll start with is Ego. There are five chapters to this book, and Ego is the beginning. Ego is what is called the many masks of what we wear day to day. And if you look at the subheadings, you'll have Ego the Creator, the many faces of Ego, how competition is created by the Ego, wanting to be better than anybody else, Vanity, the need physically to look the best and feel the best. Guilt and blame. Every time we blame someone else, we're only trying to cover up what we're truly feeling inside ourselves. Martyrism. How many people go out to be a martyr in life? Domination. You've only got to look at all the governments of our society today. They all want to dominate worldwide. And all they want to do is dominate the masses, keep them down so they can control them. Excuses. Every single human on this planet today makes dozens of excuses throughout their daily life. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can be a young child. You can be a middle-aged adult. You can be a person in a nursing home. Right throughout governments, lawyers, doctors, it doesn't matter who you are, we all make excuses. Then you have the opinions. Everyone has an opinion. Just waiting to be heard. After we go through ego, we come to fear. Fear is a trace of ego, created by negative experiences from the moment we are born to the moment we pass from this planet Earth. A lot of those fears are transferred genetically from our parents to us through genes. And a lot of the times we end up living the experiences and fears of our own parents and not even realizing that that is happening because we are not consciously aware. We are trapped in the world of ego. Now, some of the headings, where fear comes from. Experiences. Fear, the genetic link, just what I expressed. DNA from your parents. The past, its effect on our present and future. So many human beings bring the past, which is sometimes a negative experiences because of fear, into our present and it creates their future. Emotions versus feelings. Emotion is what we have experienced, be it negative or positive. Feelings are spontaneous. They only happen in the moment. And then we have emotions, the great manipulator. We manipulate only because of fear. And then we have beliefs and conditioning. All beliefs and conditioning come from ego. It's recorded in our cellular memory, through our human brain, and then depending on the circumstances that we experience, comes out in us. And it holds us back from ever growing consciously. Then it's got fear creates our present and our future. Fear in reality has no power. It's only what we the individual gives it. If we give it power through fear, then it has a hold, not just on our present, but also our future. Wow.
0: And this is, a, this is a huge difference. You know, I was thinking this entire book was about ego, and that even though it was called Entrapment, it would actually be a book about ego. But there's a revelation, isn't there? There's a change in the book where everything's turns around. Can you go through that as well?
1: Well, same with Revelation. When you finished reading about ego and fear, and if you allow yourself to read it from the beginning to the end of fear and you come to revelation, by that time you will begin to understand the real meaning of what ego truly is and where fear comes from. And then you go into responsibility. How many people don't want to be responsible for their lives. How many push their responsibility onto others? Right throughout my life, I have always heard people say to me, oh, you make the decision. I don't know what to say. No matter how much you try to get them to be responsible, they push it away. And that's to do with fear. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of not having any self-worth, self-esteem. Fear of success. That is why we're not, in most cases, 100% responsible for our own being. Then we come into one of the most beautiful words in the dictionary. Love. Now, what's interesting about love, if you spell love backwards, it's evolve. And if you research the word evolve back into a very, very old Hebrew, it says evil. So in truth, every single human being that lives on this planet has love and has evil within us. Now that's okay because we're meant to experience the love and the evil to teach us the difference in that vibration of energy. So if you feel that you're a little evil, it's okay, but to recognize it and to say, I don't wish to be like that, then you have literally planted your own seed to be able to change and to start to live in love from your heart because your heart is your love center. Now the subheadings, you've got conditional love, ego's idea of love. That is human conditioning. Then you've got unconditional love, A pure state of being, unbiased in everything. No conditions, no rules. Where if you look at the word conditional love, there are many traces. It's like saying, if you don't do this for me now, I will not love you. If you go down to that party, I won't talk to you anymore and I won't love you anymore. That's called conditional love. That's called self-fear. Then we got the hurt child within. Every single human on this planet has got a hurt child because the earth is a school ground, one of the best in the universe, and we're here to learn to let go and learn to understand the meaning of what unconditional love truly is, unbiased, no rules, no conditioning just to love in that moment. And then what we have is forgiveness. How many people cannot forgive? And how many people can hold on to that pain that somebody has caused them or supposed to have caused them for 5, 10, 40, even 60 years or to the moment they take their last breath? They still hate that person. And what's really sad When you don't forgive and you hold all that anger and resentment within yourself, you take it to your grave. And if you have a deeper spiritual understanding, you take it into what is called the astral vibration. And there are thousands of levels of consciousness within that vibration. And what is truly sad, if you don't believe in true love, and if you don't believe in yourself and, say, consciousness and you believe there is nothing after life, that is what you will create. That's the sad part. That's why forgiveness is so important. One of the lessons that I've learned throughout my life is to truly forgive in pure love and never holding negative feelings towards another being because all it does is create human disease and sickness over many years. And conditioning. Conditioning conditioning. the opposite of unconditional love. Exactly. You're not open to the true essence of what unconditional love is. And I also discovered then you got the heading creative visualization, meditation. I discovered through meditation how to let go, how to forgive, and just to love. And then the last heading is unconditional love, a way of life. And that's the real truth. It is a way of life. We each have a choice. We have over 7 billion people living on this planet today. So we have over 7 billion truths. But in truth, it's only the idea of what truth is. Because everybody else's truth is different. No one on this planet experiences The same thing as another. It's always slightly different. But when you learn to love yourself and forgive yourself, then you hold the power to forgive others and to love them unconditionally. Now we come to one of the great things is called truth headings, ego's idea of truth. Ego is a condition. We all have an ego. All of us. But we must ask ourselves, what causes all the violence, all the hatred, the rapes, the murders, the deceit, the wars, the inhumane acts upon another? What actually causes it? It's called the human ego. And it has followed humanity for over 928,000 years of human evolution. And it continues worse today. There are more wars in this moment than any other day throughout history. And that is really sad. Then we've got finding truth. Where do we find truth? Can we look outside of ourselves and say to ourselves, Oh, I like what he says, or I like what she says. That is my truth. I beg to differ. I believe truth comes from within, and we must each experience that truth to know what total truth actually is. Like love, we must experience love within ourselves, our own being, before we realize what love truly is. And it's no different to forgiveness. Then we come to living your truth. To become the truth, we have to live it, no matter what it is. It can be negative or positive. Eventually, depending on how many incarnations you choose to have, we will all discover unconditional love. The only difference is we all vibrate at a different frequency. And some, it just takes a little longer. But we all get there eventually. And the last part is living your truth and putting it into practice. That's important. If you discover love, unconditional love, and you discover the meaning of forgiveness, you also gain the understanding to have the wisdom and the compassion to step out of your safety zone and become the beacon of light, not just for your friends, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, your uncles, but you become a beacon for the world, for all of humanity. And then you come to conclusion. By now, I believe every single human that has read this book from the beginning to the end will have a conscious explosion. Yes, confusion. Yes, fear. Yes, ego. But that's part of evolution, part of learning, part of being. It's back to you, my friend, Michael.
0: Well, I certainly did have an explosion. I had several explosions. I felt that every page there was a, another line on there that I just needed to stick up around my, uh, my life to see every five <laughs> minutes. Yes, yeah, several like explosions. And I've heard from people uh, that have read the book that it is quite, you, and you've said, quite confronting. But this is a good thing. As you said, there's, there will be ego that will pop up, uh, e- ego reactions, emotional reactions that will pop up as part of reading this book as we discover your idea of truth, your idea of fear and how and how it is very universal as is as is love
1: you said that very well <laughs> Actually, very well indeed Michael
0: Well you uh, I, I appreciate and I think everyone else appreciates that you've you've covered the contents and not only have you said what the contents are you've uh, explained them in such detail that you've given away a lot of a lot of good knowledge already a lot of um, value already. I was wondering if you go one step further for us. And uh, read us the introduction of your book.
1: Okay. If you'd like that, I'd do that. Now, it will take, it will take about um, anything from, say, six to ten minutes.
0: Well, I, yeah. If you like, I'll mute my voice and we can go straight through it. It would be lovely to hear it completely uninterrupted. What do you say? Sounds good to me. Yeah? Okay. I'll meet you on the other end.
1: Okay. Thank you, Michael. Okay. The book Entrapment Introduction. Over several years, I have presented many courses – lectures, workshops and seminars on quite a number of self-help and metaphysical subjects. Our observation of the people who attended, along with the observation of ourselves and of people we met daily, led us to realize there was a need for a book and perhaps even a seminar which could help people find simplicity in their life by gaining a deeper understanding of themselves. We would all agree that That life is becoming increasingly more complicated, as well as speeding up to the point where we simply don't have enough time in any given day to achieve everything we would like to achieve. We don't seem to be able to catch our breath long enough before rushing off to take yet another responsibility or demand, leaving precious little time to ourselves to compensate We seek fulfillment, enrichment outside of ourselves by taking up hobbies or sport or through reading books or attending courses for personal growth and spiritual enlightenment in an attempt to bring clarity and happiness into our lives and to find some meaningful and purpose to our lives one way or another. Yet we rarely seem to question why we feel the way we do or how we end up in the situation we find ourselves today. There are very important questions for any individual to respond to, and here may lie the answers to why we feel unfulfilled and why we lack enthusiasm or direction in our own lives. All we know is that we aren't completely satisfied with our lot and wish our life could be simpler or easier. Most people believe more money will solve all our problems. True, money is a great help in a world obsessed with material possessions, but money isn't the real answer to the nagging discontent that surfaces on a regular basis. We can find temporary happiness or life's purpose through any number of distractions, but eventually boredom sets in. And before too long, we find we're looking once more for something else to excite or distract us to fulfill the emptiness that has resurfaced. Most people seek understanding, an identity or life's purpose through the world outside of themselves, such as through a career, personal interests or religious spiritual study. Roman and I have discovered that everything outside of our being is meaningless if we are not in touch with ourselves. That is, the simple life we crave eludes us when we allow the distractions of the world outside of us to become more important than the world that exists within us. Most people don't know what they want out of life because while they know what will make them happy for a while, They really don't know what will make them happy for the rest of their lives. This book will not give you 10 steps to personal happiness, nor will it show you the clever little diagrams to rationalize the discontent you may be feeling or inundate you with trendy psychobabble to explain away every possible emotional ailment you may be experiencing. It is a simple book written in simple language so that anyone can pick it up, read it and understand what is being expressed. The purpose of this book is to help people understand themselves and how they are responsible 100% for what they experience and how they process and comprehend those experiences. That is, to understand how they will or how they have become the person they are today what has shaped their understanding, their beliefs, their fears, and how their understandings, beliefs and fears impact on their daily lives, based on their life overall. In other words, how the effects of what we think, believe, say and do creates the outcome we experience that becomes our daily lives and the rest of our life. Life has become interestedly complicated and stressful, and only we, the individual, can bring simplicity back into our lives to reduce the balance and restore some of that lost clarity and focus. Quite simply, this book is a tool to help you carry out the necessary self-examination through which you can achieve personal happiness. How much and how far you push yourself is entirely up to you. The miracle of personal growth is not so much the instruments you use, such as this book, but the resolve of your true self to get yourself out of the rut you may find yourself in at this point in your life. This book will help you understand what holds you back from finding and maintaining personal happiness and fulfillment throughout your life. And it will help you to realize that we're all in the same boat. We are all looking for happiness, contentment, and especially love. We do not claim this book to be a work of social or scientific research. As the writers, it is the result of both internal research and external observation of the world around us, which is what writers essentially do when they practice and hone their craft. It has been an enormous personal challenge and an incredible learning curve. The process has both been frustrating and exhilarating, but the end result has been an incredible rapid expansion of conscious and personal growth, giving us a greater sense of confidence and personal control within our own lives. The name we have given to the process which you will experience when you work through this book is self-realization, meaning realization of the self. While self-realization is not a subject specifically dealt with to any large extent, it is the end result of working through this book from beginning to end, happening automatically by simply thinking about what is being discussed. Therefore, provided your intentions are sincere and you work through this book actively contemplating what you are reading You will achieve self-realization by the time you reach the end of it, without having to worry about how it happened or whether or not it is happening at all. We are not asking that the reader adopts the knowledge in this book as their truth or to make it their belief. That is not its purpose. This book is simply an instrument to be used as a starting point to help people examine their lives in order to gain a deeper understanding of their existence and how they create the experiences and perceptions they have of those experiences every single day of their lives. It can be said in all honesty that this book is not the result of anyone else's work, beliefs or philosophy. It is our truth, Romans and mine. We acknowledge that very few ideas in this world are completely new, and we acknowledge that other writers have written similar material to ours. However, this book is Romans and my work together, which is why we can say this book is our truth. We trust this book will help everyone who reads it to experience as we had the self-realization that it brings to every single human individual. The beauty about this book is that you can read it and reread it and find it will continue to trigger new realizations and insights within you every time you do so. We can say this with confidence because it still does it for us and we wrote it. It is important to read this book from beginning to end so that you fully comprehend the contents in which the statements are made. We all have a habit of browsing and reading certain passages that grab our attention or interest, but to gain a fully appreciation and understanding of what is being expressed is very important that this book is read thoroughly and in sequence. Please do not skip any chapters or read it out of sequence. Otherwise, You may find yourself confused at times by what is being expressed, or worse. You may jump to incorrect conclusions and misunderstandings what is being explained altogether. But the most important thing you can do for yourself before even attempting to work through this book is to make sure you approach it with an open mind and an open heart. If you allow your ego to judge and criticize it, without giving it a fair go, then you may as well put it away until you are ready to put your ego aside, or failing that, please, give it away to someone who wants to grow and learn. As with anything, new or different, unless you keep an open mind, you will gain very little from the exercise. Thus, before you even begin, a sincere desire to learn will take you halfway towards self-realization. Here is an opportunity to learn, to recognize and understand that the power to profoundly and permanently change your life is not only within your reach but is also available and obtainable. Take up the challenge to set yourself free from your entrapment and get your life together because you truly deserve it. Be happy, be loving we know you can do it, and that's it, Michael. That's the introduction.
0: Ah, oh, thank you. How beautiful! And it is—it is our own personal responsibility that we put our ego aside and that we we, we take this on as our own open-hearted. Uh, well, I guess discovery—discovery discovery of of this uh, of this knowledge. We all know at times that we are trapped. Coming back to the title, yes, and trapped.
1: yes, and. One of the things we must realize, uh, Michael, I think, before we even begin any journey, it doesn't matter what type of journey it is, we need to take responsibility for all our own actions, but also we need to recognize that we're allowed to change as an individual. We don't have to pretend to be somebody else, to please somebody else. We have the power to change because in reality, we are individuals. Consciously, we are individuals. And we have a right to accomplish, be successful, be loving, be a real human being.
0: Now you might have you might have sold me more if the book was called "This Book Gives You Ten Step." This is the Ten Steps to Happiness book.
1: <laughs> ah, why? <laughs> ask the question. Yeah,
0: well, in, in your introduction, you said this will This book won't give you ten steps to happiness. So why won't this book, Roman, give you ten steps to happiness?
1: Okay. Well, I believe, through my own experiences in life, you have to experience and you have to search within your own inner self to find real truth. There are many books out in the market, bless their hearts, who claim that they will enlighten you. No one can enlighten you because you are already enlightened beings, the whole seven million of us. But... Many books out there claim they can do this. They can't, in truth.
0: In truth, it it might be a map of the person who had written the book. It was their particular map, their particular road to enlightenment for themselves, their particular... True. The one who wrote it, it's their personal expression of how to reach their
1: happiness. True. They're expressing it to others. That's right. But again, we're still all individuals and we all think differently because we all have our own truth. Yet... If we say to, if I said, for instance, and Ilona said that read entrapment, buy entrapment, we promise you it will give you pure enlightenment. It will free you from every disease and every um, money problem you have. I mean, what an illusion. See, we each have to put the work in. So Ilona and I sat and thought about this, and as you probably are very aware, you yourself has come to many of my seminars. You know that I always place the responsibility back onto the individual, not to believe what I'm expressing, but simply to help you open up your own truth, your own awareness. That's one of the reasons why we don't claim anything, and I have never, ever claimed anything about who I am as a being. I simply express it, and then it's up to the individual. So what we do, Michael, in the book Entrapment, we give you the tools to recognize what is within society, and then it's your choice how you go about changing it. That's called free will. That's called giving the individual the power of self-expression.
0: Well, speaking of free will and self-expression, my, my next question relates to page two, is that we, we all create our own experiences and perceptions. Would you explain that to us, considering we are individual? And-
1: okay. Well, the moment that we are conceived within our mother's womb and as we grow within our, our mummy's um, tummy, we take on every emotion that is within our mother's genetics because her blood passes through our veins. And within every DNA, within that blood, is conditioning, whether it's negative or positive experiences. As we're born, we then grow up in society, within our parents' little world, and we're conditioned again to living a certain way, to being a certain way, to experiencing certain things. And a lot of those experiences come up in us And suddenly it's like a light bulb being turned on. And we say, oh my God, I'm just like my mother. Oh oh my God, I'm just like my father. Why is this so? It's because within those genetics that are within your body are their experiences. So in one truth, we are a little bit like saying we are a clone of our parents to some degree until we begin to say, have our own perception of what individuality truly is. And that's why a lot of the young rebel, because they're trying to find their own identity as an individual.
0: Well, that gets me on to my next question, this rebelling and this battling. My next question was, what is this battle between the ego and consciousness? And would you say this battle between the ego and consciousness, as it referred to on page three, is rebelling partly to our own past, our past genetics?
1: One hundred percent, Michael. We are rebelling, yes. And the beauty is that if we look back at ego, if we actually learn to understand human evolution, and if we could find the same truth, that humanity is over 928,000 years old on this planet, and that, in fact, every single one of us have created an ego that loves power. And over the many hundreds of thousands of lives that we have incarnated as, The power of that ego has multiplied billions of times. And it now wants total control. It doesn't want our consciousness to control the human ego. So as we grow, it becomes more in control of every action and every thought we have. Because all ego can do is draw on our past experiences. It can't think consciously. It's incapable of that because it's a flesh organ. But our consciousness, which is totality, which is connected to everything and everything is connected to our consciousness, loves us unconditionally and it allows us to grow in our own evolution until one day the ego will say, I've had enough of this. I want now to learn about unconditional love. I want to be loved not in fear, but loved unbiasedly. Wow.
0: And until then, um, the ego is creating so much of our life. You answered my next question, because my next question was, if ego is creating so much of our life, does the recognition of this allow for the first proper steps towards
1: enlightenment? Absolutely. Now, some, some beings who, we, who actually incarnate into the human world are not from this planet They are enlightened beings, and they come in purposely to actually help in the evolution of humanity by changing the vibration that is here by ego, created by ego, to vibrate at a higher frequency. That's why certain children that are born think differently and follow a very spiritual path, not a religious path, because religion is condition. It's an ism. Spirituality is a way of life. It simply is. No rules, no condition. That's the difference. But ego wants to control, as I said just before.
0: Well, ego uh, gives us pleasure. Can you explain that? How does ego give us pleasure?
1: Ego gives us pleasure on what we believe our desires are which comes again from conditioning and beliefs. Now, to form a condition or a belief, we first have to experience it. Then, eventually, if we experience it, say, many, many, many times throughout a certain part of our life, it becomes a condition. And when it becomes a condition, it eventually becomes our belief. And once it becomes our belief, it's only believed by the human ego not by consciousness.
0: Am I following you that it's almost like an addiction as well? We have an addiction to
1: emotions? Absolutely. Emotions, and many people have argued with me. I haven't, but they have. You haven't argued with yourself. (laughs) I haven't argued with myself every so often, yes. (laughs) I love it. I think I'm the best listener when I argue with myself. Um, Yes. But if we listen to our own ego through emotion, emotion is very important because that's part of learning. We can experience many things through emotion and be very positive. But if we look at humanity's history, and I'm talking about the violence that is still happening today, same violence that happened, say, 800,000 years ago, just different circumstances, a new era, a new vibration, but it's still happening because we've never dealt with those negative experiences from all that time ago. Ah, uh, You know, that reminds me because I...
0: I get competitive sometimes and I play, I play a sport or table tennis with other people come along and they let out these emotions in this sport. And, and I see this. I see how it is therapy for a lot of people that come along to let their, just to let off some steam and however you call um, competitiveness. But I have a quote from you that I want to quote and then ask you on it. The quote is from page eight. Competition initially gives us a burst of energy. And we could obviously swap this for uh, violence, I guess, in a sense, not that I, I, I think of it this way. But the quote is, competition initially gives us a burst of energy and drive, but over time it begins to limit us and inhibit our progress. Could you explain that?
1: Well, first of all, that's very true. It does. Now, there is nothing wrong with competition. I believe competition has a purpose, like everything in life, everything in existence. But because of our emotions, which are really 70 to 80% negative, because of our experiences, and most of us will never admit that, and that's only the ego talking, that prevents us from competing in a loving way. Ah, competing in a loving way. In a loving way. There's nothing wrong with winning a race or um, winning a triathlon, you know, um, um, a football game. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we have ego that is negative when you see brawling and you just have to win or you have a massive breakdown because you didn't win, that's called negative emotion.
0: Well, I guess the opposite is is play, where play is spontaneous. Mm. You're playing yeah. with someone for the joy of it, just the way that puppies yes. and kittens will play around with each other and practice their moves and just Absolutely. enjoy it. Absolutely.
1: Well, I mean, I'll, Sorry, I, sorry, Michael, I was playing a game, just an example. I was playing a game of, um, is it new, new, new-o, That this card game? Um, oh, you know. That's it, you know. Yeah, you know. And I just was playing that before, before lunch. And the three of us, Michelle, myself, and um, little Georgina, nine-year-old, she's a lovely girl. And we were playing that game and we were playing in fun. Nobody had an ego. Nobody was desperate to win. Nobody was getting upset. Everybody was just enjoying themselves. That's called natural competition. On the other hand, if I was getting upset because I wasn't winning and everybody else was winning and I got really peed off over it, that's called negative competition.
0: It reminds me of an inner game between, it's like as you're playing your game, you have an inner game between feelings and between emotions. Yes. The difference between getting emotionally caught up, which you know I notice in my sport, I'll lose that zone. I'll realise the last eight points in table tennis I've I've been lost in thoughts instead of being really here and, and lost in the game. So can you explain to us the difference between uh, feelings and emotions as it relates to as we focus in say a card game or a sport, the difference between that? The inner game, I guess.
1: Let me use myself as an example. I've been involved in martial arts from a very young age, um, 15, and now I'm physically um, 63, and I still, you know, train myself to a degree in martial arts today. I love it. But I train differently. I train on the inner essence of who I am, my inner consciousness. And I believe that the power of all things lies within us. It doesn't lie in the physical. There's nothing wrong with having a quick physical body. And for my physical age, I'm actually very active and I train well. I, I'm more flexible than I have ever been. I think I'm actually quicker in my hand movements than I've ever been. And my brain capacity can think quicker than I did when I was 30. Wow. So the theory about as you get older, you lose the power of your speed, you get weighty, you're no longer strong, you deteriorate, that is what is called negative thinking because it's been a condition And it's become a belief system throughout human society. I differ with that and I've changed it. But the difference is, when you experience something emotionally, say, let's say negative, that is not being aware consciously. That is simply your ego expressing its annoyance that you didn't win or you're not happy, like a tantrum of a child, right? Where if you have an emotion and you're feeling good about it, but it's still an emotion, that means it's a positive expression of who you are. You're feeling better about who you are in awareness because you're aware of the difference. If you don't have awareness, and not many people do most of the time when they have all these violent expressions and wars and all that, that's not awareness. That's simply a very, very damaged, insecure, and fearful ego. That's all it is. But when you have feelings, like if you come up to someone and you really love that person and you walk up to them and say, right in their eyes, and you say, I just want you to know that I love you in every way that I possibly can. And the reason I can say that unbiasedly is because I have learned to love who I am Completely in every way. That's real love. That's a positive emotion, an absolutely spontaneous feeling. Did you say it's because I've learned to love myself completely? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to have a good life, if you want to have a balanced life, if you want things to go right for you in every way possible, You are always going to learn the negative aspects because that's part of evolution, the letting go process. What you'll discover is your awareness will shift in consciousness and you will start to feel so good about yourself, you will start to feel as if you are a very prosperous being, a very loving being, a very compassionate being with the understanding to even have wisdom. That's when you truly will have all the desires that you choose and want in your life manifest. But you cannot manifest great wealth, and I'm talking also about love, right? because to me, love is wealth. Happiness is wealth. Being completely healthy in body is wealth. Having all the money in the bank is wealth. But you've got to have a balanced, aware understanding. Because if you don't, most people who are very fearful, live in misery but still have wealth if they've accumulated, they lose it.
0: So you're saying you can't have you can't achieve this wealth without without having a sense of personal uh, love for yourself and everything?
1: You, you can but in most situations you're not very happy and most of the time you die of horrendous disease. It's
0: degenerating in one way or another yes. because of lack of love which is Lack of love. Conditioning and emotion yes. which is set to I was uh, I was wondering just before we started uh speaking that uh the ego might also be seen as the opposite of what we call the higher self or we might call it the lower self. Do you have any comments on that?
1: I would call the ego if it's got fear and it lives in the world of fear the very lower self of our true nature. But when we start to live in a higher vibration by raising our own consciousness we live beyond that. We no longer allow ourselves to be associated with it. I will say this. I've discovered in my life that love is the greatest gift. It's greater than the gift of life. Because you see, beyond this physical life, love still exists in consciousness. And that's why we exist, through love. And if we can learn to manifest unconditional love into our life, the world will begin to change because we are, as individuals, changing. So if every single human on this planet began to feel love and express it and live it, there would be no violence, there would be no rape, no murder, no stealing, no deceit. There definitely wouldn't be any wars because everybody would love And I'll say this also, there are worlds out there that have evolved beyond any form of ego and they're still physical and they live in complete love. Many people have said to me in the years that I've been here that I would hate to live just in love (laughs) <laughs> because I need the excitement. I need the, the negative. I
0: heard that just yesterday, Roman. I heard about emotional reaction and ego reaction. And, and the person said, oh, yeah, but no, but oh, but that got to have it. you got to have it. You've got to. Like it was a ne- an enjoyable necessity. <laughs> yes.
1: But, you know, that's just their belief and their conditioning because they don't know any better. They don't know anything else. It's like a person reading a book. And they gain all this knowledge and they go to a person that never reads, right? Never experiences. And they start expressing to that person about the wonderment of this book. And that person looks at them and says, sounds really freaky. I don't know about that stuff. I'm not interested. It's because they're not allowing themselves to open their hearts or their minds to something that could help them grow consciously a better way of thinking.
0: Like you said at the start, we're at different vibrations, and so there will be another time later on where it will be easier to resonate with with, uh, good knowledge.
1: We all evolve, Michael, at our own pace, and that's okay, because that's our choice. That's the way it is.
0: Well, thank you, Roman. As we come to a close, have you got any final words?
1: One of the things that um, I thought about for a long time, because I created the um, cover for Entrapment, I saw it in a dream. I don't believe in dreams, but I'll call it a dream because many people do. I believe that we're actually living experiences because we are conscious beings, not physical beings. We are only experiencing a physical self. Now, when I created that, I saw it, I said I have to have a little comment at the bottom of the book. And what I put in was, Conscious awareness is a choice. Imprisonment or freedom, the choice is always yours. Now one thing, I believe every human being has to admit to themselves or understand and know that it's all based on free will. You have a choice in life to grow or not to grow. And no one has the right to object to that.
0: No one has the right to object to your own conscious growth.
1: Exactly. No one. Because we are individuals. Including that, your
0: own ego has no right. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Ego is the enemy. And in my new book, you'll actually see that. It says, who is the enemy? And it's a very interesting um, expression of words. In
0: the book of knowledge, I am alien. In the book of knowledge, yes. It, it talks about ego as the enemy. Exactly. Well, thank you, Roman. This has been a very informative interview. I've enjoyed it very much. And in conclusion, I'll just say that you can find uh, these books. You can search the book of knowledge, I Am Alien, in your search engine. And when you're searching for entrapment, because there's so many entrapment books, you just search Entrapment Roman. And it will come up with Roman Harambura's book, Entrapment, which we've been talking about. Um, If you'd like to see more uh, written about that, more comments, reviews, etc., you can go to Roman's website, which is etcconsciousness.com, and if you'd like to spend some time, book some time with Roman, simply email, and including if you have any comments or questions about the podcast, just email kentakis at gmail.com. Okay, thanks so much for listening. My name is Michael Yon, and stay tuned for more.